Are you sensitive when people express anger or they get frustrated and they show big emotions? Is it because you weren't allowed to express big emotions? And I know I couldn't sit with either of those for a very, very long time. And which is why I wrote a whole book around it. There's a whole section around how to increase your emotional capacity to feel, to actually increase your bounce factor so that when things do hit the fan, when shit does happen, because it will, are we allowing ourselves to feel and express? Hello there, Brave Table fam. Welcome, welcome to your destination, to your oasis, and to all things being just a little bit more brave in your relationships, brave in your actions, brave in ushering a brand new outlook on life with whatever that means to you. If this is the first time that you are joining us, I'm your host, Dr. Nita, and I am so excited, so, so excited that we are bringing on someone that I've had the pleasure of diving in deeper with in the last few years. Actually, this month marks two years since we moved from LA to Austin. And I know some of you have asked and sent me DMs like, do you really like Austin? I know you were really not such a big fan of it when you guys were leaving. You were also pregnant at the time. And, you know, to say two years later that our lives have been completely shifted and it's almost, you know, it's one of the things that I talk about in That Suck Now What, which is launching in just two weeks. I cannot believe this book, baby, is coming out in the world. And it's bringing up so many feels, and I will definitely share that on an upcoming podcast with all of you because, hey, we've got to get brave, and why not I go first? And so two years ago marks this path that we have been on in increasing our family, and there's been many things that have come up. I mean, in all the feels, right? The messy, the chaotic, and it's really sparked this new season of life, of just embracing the mess, embracing the chaos. And now come two years later, all of our renovations are done. We have now a beautiful studio that I could not ever imagine being nestled up in the woods. I'm a city girl. I grew up in the city of Chicago my entire life for the first pretty much almost 30 years of my life. And then you know, traveling the world across, you know, so many different countries and finding home and finding grounding and finding peace in the hill countryside of Austin, Texas. And it has been such a amazing anchor for our family. And Ajit and I, we've had so many different conversations because we have not only a global community and we're constantly traveling because he lived in Malaysia for about 10 years. And he also originally comes from India and we have that global citizen mindset. And we do obviously travel for our work and lots of events in different parts of the world. And our family members are, you know, we still have family in India. I still have family in the Philippines. And so for us to really anchor in and call Austin this next chapter for us to raise a family, to be among community that is also like-minded, it's that 
current environment pillar of your bounce factor that I talk about in that suck now what, that when we look into our current environment and when we say yes to a new adventure, when we say yes to maybe sucking at something new, we bring about so much change and that change levels us up into that next evolution of who we were always meant to be. And I can say full circle now that it's been two years and now, you know, kind of on the season of launching this next book, it's almost catapulting me into this next season of my life. And for those of you moms and parents out there, after, you know, your youngest child turns two, you're out of that essential baby bubble. And there's so many other things that can really open up in terms of what the next representation of yourself or the next vision of yourself looks like. So yes, I feel like I'm at a grounded place, even though (laughs) there's a lot of fun things happening. And in this episode today, we bring back one of my favorites, Emily Williams, who is the queen of loving everything about her life. She is the queen of, she's a little bit of the, the glitz and glam And she's got such a powerful story in terms of how she found love, how she was able to manifest the life of her dreams. And I kind of call her the manifestation queen because not only does she love everything about her life, she's so intentional about some of the things in the way she says no to certain things to invite the things she's really calling in. And we sit down vulnerably because she definitely knows how to ask me the right questions. And we turn the tables and she's interviewing me on this podcast. And this is a replay from her I Heart My Life podcast. So definitely go ahead and check it out. I hope you love it. I hope this gives you so much value. We definitely dive into topics like the bounce factor. We dive into just emotions that for somebody like she and I, this idea of emotional perfectionism would come up. And we talk about what that is, what that actually looks like, and how maybe even subconsciously we don't even know that we're suppressing certain feelings because it's just been so ingrained and so, so much more. I I just know you're going to have tremendous takeaways from this and you might even want to share this with a friend, a family member, somebody who could use just a little bit more support and grace in some of their feelings that they are experiencing at the moment. And I know this now coming full circle after being pregnant, having two kids, coming out of the other side of postpartum depression, which I feel like for many high achievers and women, it's just that taboo not to talk about that, especially from the upbringing that many of us are are born into and coming from. So I hope and I know this episode is just going to blow you away and I will see you on the other side. So without further ado, it is the replay of I Heart My Life, Emily Williams interviewing me on The Brave Table. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Nita. I'm so excited to have you back for round two. Our episode previously was one of my favorites, just hearing more about your backstory, talking about moving through a challenge. And I know since we're talking about your incredible new book, That Sucks, Now What? We're going to get into all of the good stuff, all the challenges of life. Oh, it's so beautiful. And talk about some of your frameworks and just how powerful this mission is to support people and not just moving through challenge, but giving themselves the time to go into it learn what they need to learn and get all the lessons. So welcome. 
Yay, I'm so glad to be here. Can you share a little bit about who you are for those who haven't heard the full episode previously and the work that you do in the world? Yeah, so I have had, I feel like, many lives. And I am such an advocate for emotional health and in the intersection of how grit and resilience plays a role into our lives as well as into our next seasons of life and next chapters because I'm known as the queen of resilience as well as queen of reinvention. And I was a former cosmetic dentist and I've had life happenings that led me in all of these different routes to arrive today as a, you know, now four-time author writing books around grit and resilience. I do support communities in the coaching world uh, as a serial entrepreneur, as an angel investor, as somebody who is so passionate about entrepreneurship, but also loving what we do. And the two companies that I founded, Global Grid Institute, is the Mental Wellbeing Institute for Entrepreneurs and Leaders and Dharma Coaching Institute, where we help you transition into a career of being the sole purpose or sole purpose life coach. And here we are today talking about my next book called That Suck Now What? How to Embrace the Joy and Chaos and Find Magic in the Mess. And it's been honestly a labor of love over the course of probably ever since I shifted into motherhood. And I know, Emily, you're, you're in that road, very new. And, you know, I think it starts at the time of, of conception, really. But, you know, thinking about the extra person, thinking about how we want to show up for them. And then they arrive and then we're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And I'd been through a lot of life and I am so grateful that I was able to experience such a contrast when motherhood came because I know that at least from my experience, even the joy in the chaos was incredible because I grew up in a very chaotic environment and chaos was my norm for like two decades. And so to enter motherhood where it is a different kind of chaos in your everyday and to still be so, you know, you're overtired, but you're like this bundle of little gooey smushiness is, you know, calling you mama, then like doing all the things. It just gives you the contrast of life. And that's really where, you know, why we're here and what we're all about, right? The full spectrum of the human journey. So... So beautiful. So for the person listening who's like, I don't understand how chaos and suck can go with joy. Can you break it down a little bit more and help us understand how that's even possible? Yes. Well, mine started with uh, a big suck and a big pivotal moment. Although uh, when I talk about it in the book, the first phase of it is the magical moment that sucked. And you're not really supposed to know that it's the magical moment that sucked because when you're in it, it is the suck. It is the heart aching pain. It is the betrayal. It is the, you know, the dagger in the back or the punch in the gut. It takes you by storm and it is awful. It's raw. It's real. It's big. It's overwhelming. It's anxious. It's painful. And 
you know, for me, that big pivotal moment was, you know, over a decade ago when I would go into my own awakening and I talk about the concept of the fall in my book, part of the framework to fly forward past the suck. And when we have a fall, whether it's a challenging time in life, whether it's a financial challenge or a relationship challenge, or the fact that we're not getting along with a friend, a best friend, we found out that somebody was talking about us, whatever the case is, right? Where we are second guessing ourselves, we're, we're like, we have to shift either our reality about something or we have to do something that we didn't sign up to do, or we have to change something completely. That's when we get into that ignition stage because we're at that fall. And for myself, it was leaving a relationship. It was leaving my first marriage. It was have finally recognizing that I was in the suck of not being treated right in my first marriage. But I was so afraid to let everybody down around me who was like, well, Nita, you've already been through so much. Why would you, why would you do this? And and for those who don't know my backstory, you know, I lost my mom, my brother, and my dad all before I was 19. So that was what they were referring to. Like, why would you want to leave something or, you know, you can work it out. And I wasn't fully honest. I didn't really tell him them the times that I was in an abusive relationship and this relationship was toxic. I wasn't fully forthcoming. And so when we are able to embrace the suck and actually acknowledge and say out loud, all right, the moment that I'm in sucks. And this honestly became a mantra. It was literally my mantra. And I share in the book that I call it my anchor. Like, what is your anchor? For a very long time, I used to wear a bracelet, especially during those dark days after my divorce, when I was healing, when I was dry heaving at every chance I got, even though my dental practice was thriving and I would cry in the parking lot because the feelings were so overwhelming. And I'm like, I don't know where to put it. And the thing was, I hadn't really processed or integrated a lot of the emotions that I wasn't allowed to express when I was growing up. I don't know about you, Em, but when I was growing up, you know, my dad will always say, I'd give you something to cry about. Like we had so much chaos. My mom was in the hospital. You know, we had other, my grandparents would come and they would take care of us. Like it was, it was a lot of, ruckus. And so for my dad to hold another thing of like me crying because I needed something, it was one way to shut us up, right? And I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to this because then how does it look a decade or two decades later when we are in relationship, when we're too afraid to express or when we're putting on a facade that everything is right and we're trying to be perfect in all the ways and we don't allow anybody in. And that is the beauty of the unravel. That is the beauty of the breakdown. That's the beauty of that fall when you're like, oh, things can get so overwhelming and I don't have a place to put it, but I just need to share this. That's the moment. That's the ignition. That's the ignition that leads into rising and that rising is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not easy. It's like, okay, I'm going to restructure my business or okay, I'm going to have to say no to this because I have to now take care of my two kids or my kid is sick and I really want to go to this thing, but they come first. Or I've been putting my health on the back burner. I really want to say yes to this dinner, but 
I think maybe a bath and some chocolate feels really good right now. That's the rising of being okay with, oof, I don't know. It's like new territory, but it's reinventing. It's figuring out your new identity. And then we get into the magnifying. And that's stage four of you know flying forward because when we're magnifying, we're actually accepting our new reality. We're like, this is good. You've got a new pep in your step. You've built a little bit of confidence in where you're at. And you're okay that you are a beginner. You're okay that you're a novice at something that, all right, there's going to be chaos around you. You're rebuilding yourself, but you have a new flow to you. You're not pushing anymore. You're just allowing and that feels really good. And then we get into the thriving stage. And the thriving stage doesn't mean that your fall is going to not suck or suck any less. Still going to suck. We're still going to have sucks in our lives. And we're going to have these falls that suck. We're not going to go all the way back to our dark night of the soul. And maybe we will, but because we have the tools, it won't be as traumatic right? Or maybe we're not going to be judging the fact that, oh, I'm feeling like crap right now, or I'm feeling like I don't have any motivation, or I'm feeling like I'm just depleted. Like We're not going to judge those thoughts. We're going to accept them and we're going to welcome them because it's part of us to fly forward. And that's that cycle that we have. And hopefully it will allow us to create a different perspective about ourselves than we had ever thought. So good. And why do you think it is that people get so uncomfortable when we do go to that place of vulnerability or we do release emotion? For example, if there's a parent who is uncomfortable with their kids expressing in that way, what do you think that is? Oh gosh, I could talk about that all day. I think I want to create like a course around that. You know, this is such a huge thing because even in our coaching communities and you know I've trained about a thousand in one company and another one we've talked about this and touched this with emotional grit and when people ask in our coaching communities well how am I supposed to react when my client shares something and you know they're like uncontrollably crying and I'll ask well what do you mean what's uncontrollably crying and they're like when they're crying a lot during a session And I would pause and I would say, well, let's re-ask the question and I'll pose a question back to you. How do you feel when somebody is crying? And how does that actually make you feel when they're expressing emotion? Because that question had everything to do with how they view negative feelings, how they view those unprocessed feelings and does everything have to be all okay all the time. And it's the same thing with our kids. And it's the same thing with those, you know, it's the biggest challenge right now with myself and my elders. Love them. And, you know, specifically, I talk about my mother-in-law and my aunt, who's like my pseudo mom. She's like my bonus mom. She's pretty much helped raise my brother and I. And now when they see us with our kids, where we choose a different way of parenting, I'm choosing to allow... And this is honestly what the birth of this book, the birth of the beginnings of this book happened when my son, Ari, when he turned two, it was like this emotional like wiggle worm of all of these feelings constantly expressing. And it was a constant day to day. And I was pregnant with our daughter and I was constantly ill and sick and didn't have the energy. And he's like having his moment and just 
fully expressing. And there were moments when my mother-in-law was around and my aunt was around and they'd say, well, why give this four-finger tupper, which means like a slap on the face because that's what we got. God forbid if we showed any other emotion. And I share this as a joke because Ajit and I, we do talk about that, like how we were reared when we were younger. And they even asked, like, aren't you going to do anything? I'm like, what's what's wrong with him expressing his emotions? And that's where I had to get so clear on my boundary as a mom, as well as even reparenting myself of like, ooh, because nobody wants to hear a child cry. But that's the biggest emotional intelligence we're getting to the core of emotional intelligence, training that we can do for ourselves is like, okay, let's reshift our perspective on what crying even means. That means that we are allowing ourselves to release, release emotions that have been pent up and stuck. But what's our relationship to that? And for years, like I said, two decades, I suppressed it you know, my coping mechanism was toxic positivity. And I'm a, you know, I'm a very enthusiastic, positive person. And I didn't allow myself to go there. I didn't allow myself to feel until I had no place to hide it anymore when it was just like oozing out of my face in every direction. Because that's when, you know, the big breakdown needed to happen in order to start healing. So my advice to moms or people who are like, you know, you're on a plane and then you're the one, because I used to be that person too, before kids, that's like, oh gosh, I have to sit next to, you know, the baby on the plane or or whatnot. And, and this is me in my fullest singleness, like post-divorce, like living my life. And then I was traveling around the world and then I would get sat next to, you know, babies and things like that. And I hadn't done my emotional release processes yet. Yet for anybody that is, it's hard to make peace with. I want you to think, what were you allowed to express when you were growing up? Was it okay to express anger? Because I know that there's a chapter in my book, actually a whole section where we talk about the bounce factor. And the bounce factor is how to build your audacious resiliency. And it's how high you can bounce, right? As a ball, how high you can bounce after sucky moments, after those moments that really take the wind out of you. And there's four components to that. And the first one is we have to look at our upbringing. Were we allowed to speak up at the dinner table? Were we allowed, were we treated differently, boys versus girls? Were the boys allowed to scream and yell and get mad and girls needed to be, you know, poised and picture perfect or couldn't cry because we had to be tough like our brothers or whatever, right? These gender differences around emotions And where does that show up in your relationships? Whether it's relationships to your kids or maybe even the people around you, are you sensitive around people crying? Because what were you taught about that growing up? Are you sensitive when people express anger or they get frustrated and they show big emotions? Is it because you weren't allowed to express big emotions? And I know I couldn't sit with either of those for a very, very long time. And which is why... Wrote a whole book around it. There's a whole section around how to increase your emotional capacity to feel, to actually increase your bounce factor so that when things do hit the fan, when, when shit does happen, because it will, are we allowing ourselves to feel and express? And I have emotional release practices in the book that allow us and give us permission to stomp out the suck, scream out the suck, and so that we can release 
the pent energy that sometimes is stuck so it doesn't turn into something else or a huge breakdown. I love that. And one of the things that's coming up for me, or at least a fear that I know that I've had in the past is, what if it's so much emotion that I can't actually bounce back and it takes me down for far longer than I want and I'm unable to do my tasks and achieve and be the person and blah, blah, blah. But why is it so important to the bounce back to actually go there? Yeah. So here's the thing about, you know, that sucked and now what? There's a reason why there is that suck to actually a acknowledge okay acknowledge yourself this is not dismissive this is not bypassing it's not spiritually bypassing it's it's still you're acknowledging it acknowledging it by saying wow that sucked wow i'm feeling defeated right now wow this is really big right now wow i have so many emotions right now just acknowledging that all right that's the first part and the second part that's the now what So it's not just sitting in that victim state, right? Which that sucked. Yeah, we could definitely have what I call a pity party for one in the book. Like, let's have our pity party. Let's, you know, be on the couch, eat some ice cream, watch some Netflix. Like, all right, cool, great. And the now what piece. And the now what piece is not just being, you know, the victor of your story uh, and being that hero, but it's acknowledging. So the vulnerability in between of like, okay, I got this. So maybe it's putting your hand on your heart, but I got this and I know I'm going to have to tread carefully and I know that I have to take action. So what is that small action step? Another component of the bounce factor is leaning into discomfort and leaning into discomfort creates your new environment or what's in your current environment. What's in your current environment that maybe you're complacent in or you've allowed yourself the complacency because of whatever is going on that now you can invite some good stress in so that you aren't sitting in the suck for too long. So maybe if it was a relationship challenge, maybe you are opening yourself to dating. Maybe it's not like trying to find the one, but maybe you're saying, okay, like, sure, I'll go on a date with this person, even though I'm, I'm curious, but I'm skeptical because I had my heart broken or I'm, I'm curious, but I'm reserved. Like those feelings can coexist at the same time. And the duality of both is so beautiful because every time we lean into that discomfort, like asking for help or sharing, you know what? I'm not really feeling it right now in terms of going on this trip or or doing this next project. I think I'm going to just take a break and being okay with a decision. That's leaning into the good stress of that so that we're getting out of the suck. And the countdown is on for my long-awaited book, That Suck, Now What? How to Embrace the joy in chaos and find magic in the mess. It finally releases globally January 31st. And here's what my dear friend Jay Shetty has said about the book. A how-to guide that offers grace to the human experience by reminding you that life may catch you off guard, but you can bounce back and even fly forward. 
Thank you so much for being a listener of The Brave Table. And I would absolutely, absolutely love your support. I have some really exciting and fun, juicy bonuses that I'm so excited to share with you when you order your copy of That Sucked, Now What? at thatsuckednowwhat.com. That's thatsuckednowwhat.com, which you will get my five-day fly forward practice, which will help you fly forward in every area of your life. We go into healing your relationship patterns, figuring out where you're actually leaking your energy in your life to have optimum energy and clarity in what you would like to call in in terms of abundance. And also we get into on day four, taking brave action past the sucky moments. And finally, we end with a grounding centering meditation to ground yourself because it starts and ends always with you. Now, I cannot forget to mention the That Sucked, Now What? digital workbook. It's a stunning and beautifully designed digital 40-page workbook to help you get the most out of this book. This alone is so comprehensive that you will have it as your keepsake by your bedside as you tune into your growth. Dive deeper into your sucky moments with questions, prompts, and exercises to help you unleash your most resilient self. And also, for you to share it with so many people that you love, share it with your friends, your family members, do this as a collective together as your own little soul support posse. Plus you get your exclusive backdoor access to my virtual VIP launch party event, along with the recordings with my dear friends and an exclusive interview with my hubby Ajit as we go behind the scenes through our own sucky journey. And some of my friends include the amazing human connection expert, Mark Groves, and inspirational superstar, Garen Jones, the queen of anti-aging and biohacking, Tracy Dews, and the one and only my dearest soul sister and co-founder of the Dharma Coaching Institute, the one and only Sahara Rose. So please go visit thatsuckednowwhat.com today and claim your free bonus goodies when you pre-order copies of my book. Thank you all so much, Brave Table fam. I'm so excited to have you on this incredible journey with me. Now, back to the show. One of the things that you mentioned was identifying if there was a certain emotion that you were not allowed to or wasn't accepted for you to express. And I know for me, you know, James always says I'm very emotionally generous, which I love. But I can see that that's not across the board. I'm not emotionally generous with anger because that wasn't something that was expressed in my family. And I don't remember anyone ever saying, don't get angry, but it just wasn't expressed. So if someone identifies that there is a certain emotion, how would you invite them to kind of tap into that and to learn how to express in a deeper way? Oh, it's so good. So I love that you asked that. And and I love the term emotionally generous because (laughs) it's a great, it's a great term. So when you actually buy the book, that sucked now what? It comes with a 40 page, like full on journal. And journal is colorful. It's it's chock full of like your own protocols for healing. And we collaborated with the artist Hey Amber Ray. Because I just loved her work. And she's like the queen when it comes to these mental health, emotional health memes. And I said, All right, how can we talk about feelings so that people can visually see it? And then I could actually put it in, you know, a journal so we people can go deeper in it. And 
it happens to be on this page, actually, funny enough. But it's so one of the memes and one of the emotional release practices is how to embrace the suck moment. And what I want to answer your question is if there is an emotion, and usually it's one or the other, usually it's either anger or it's sadness, right? Sadness, grief, that we are just those two were not allowed, right? You can express joy, happiness, like that's all allowed to our family. Like, okay, every time I would bring home a trophy from a piano competition or a dancing competition, everyone was like, yay. But if I was scared because in the sixth grade, I was being bullied and I didn't even want to go into the school bathroom because, you know, whatever, that wasn't allowed. And it was like the subject would get changed right away. So if any of this resonates with you, I have a whole practice on, it's a full embodiment practice. We are screaming out the suck. We are stomping out the suck. And it's a, it can be as short as a three minute practice because we put on music that is funny and ridiculous. And this was honestly inspired because at, at the age of two and a half, when we had a that sucked now up moment after my daughter was born, and it's a quick story, but our babysitter never showed up after literally it was like two months of planning. And I wanted to have an adult date with my husband. And we were like in the throes of like newborn stage. Isla was a baby. And you know this, um, we had just moved to Austin, couldn't find childcare and we don't have our families around. So it was a big deal to like get everything set up for this babysitter. I mean, you're going for like three hours And so I had a list, everything. I had the snacks for both kids, schedules for both kids. I like planned all of the things, got, you know, my beautiful black dress, had everything set up for this person who I had confirmed three times before that day. And then for that day, we're waiting and we got ready and Ajit's looking all cute. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go celebrate. And she doesn't show up. And I thought, okay, maybe she's late because I sometimes run late. And so I gave her the benefit of the doubt. 30 minutes goes by and then we're waiting even more. And I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to hit panic attack because I didn't know this secret yet. But when you in motherhood, you probably already know you need to have backup support. Backup support for people. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. So backup one and two and three and four. I didn't know it at the time. And so I... Uh, after frantically texting her 10 times, she finally answers and says, sorry, not going to make it. And I can just feel like my blood (laughs) boiling. I could feel like, okay, where's all my emotional release practice now? Like what is going on? So I am pouting. I have my victim moment. I start crying. I'm like, why is this happening to us? Why can't we find support? All of these things. And I just start just like fully, you know, letting it out. And I'm like walking, pacing myself in the the living room. And then finally, my son Ari goes, Mama, why are you stomping like a dinosaur? And that was like the beginning of the end because that really put everything in perspective. I'm like, okay, that sucked. Now what? And we could do something with this. And so what I said to Ajit was, you're right. You know, I said, all right, dad, go get some ice cream. (laughs) We're going to have movie night. And Ari, you're right. Mama is dancing like a dinosaur. So I put on the song 
Cats and Boots, the Dinosaur Dance. I kid you not, this is a real song. It was what he was into at the time. And it was just, it was like this, like, you know, big EDM song. It's like, dance like a dinosaur, shake like a dinosaur, fly like a velociraptor. I mean, it's so ridiculous. But we started shaking and dancing and like, you know, like just going back and forth. And guess what? I felt better. It was... And he's giggling and I'm giggling. And then I'm forgetting, of course, it sucks that I couldn't have a night with my husband and my hair was all done and my makeup was done and I had eyelashes on and all of the things. But you know what? We had that moment. And so to allow ourselves... And many times, if you haven't been okay in expressing rage or anger allow that process to, you know, we got our pillows and we started throwing like teddy bears across the room. And I say this with such humor because I think we give our permission to ourselves with our kids to play like a child, to throw things across the room like our kids. But even if you don't have kids, allow yourself to, you know, that's the reason why rage rooms came into play to allow that moment for yourself, whether it's taking... And one of the practices that I have is take a pillow and scream into the pillow. We're so good with teaching our kids, if you have a sucky moment, scream into the pillow, but do it with them. Or if you don't have kids, just go into a closet and go and scream into the pillow because that pent up anger and frustration is guess what? Going to turn into resentment, passive aggressive, and other emotions that we really don't want festering because then it pours into people that are closest to us. So I can talk about this all day because obviously I'm so passionate about it. But yes, you'll get all of those practices when you get the book. And it also comes with a five-day healing practice where we start out with relationships and then we go into your health and vitality And then we go into your abundance and your desires. And then we land on the last two days with brave action steps and coming back to yourself because it starts and ends really with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I I think many of us aren't actually taught how to move emotion through us as adults. And I don't think I was taught screaming into a pillow as a child. And even I think, when was it? We were living in London at the time. So I was in my 30s. And I told James, I was like, I feel like I need to just scream. But we were in one of those, you know, the houses that are all connected. And he's like, well, I'll drive you to an empty parking lot and you can just scream in the car. I was like, oh, you're amazing. (laughs) But it's just like recognizing when you feel like you need to release something and giving yourself the permission to do it as well. Because I think we just get in our head about what is that going to look like, even just to, you know, the people who are closest to us or our neighbors or whoever. But there are ways to release it as you described. And it's really important to give yourself that permission. Give yourself that space. Yes, there are playlists on Spotify of ridiculous music. It doesn't even have to be kids music. But it's funnier when it's kids music because it's... (laughs) Yeah, love it. So where can people buy this incredible book? So you can get this at thatsuckednowwhat.com. And when you do, again, you unlock your three bonuses. The third one is your ticket to our virtual launch party with so many amazing trainings and tools as well. Well, thank you for writing such an incredible book and for putting yourself out there in this way and teaching us how to 
tune into our emotion, also release it and also continue to take action. I'm so grateful for you and all of your wisdom. And James and I always talk about how you and Ajit, like you have so much on your plate and yet you're always so available for us as friends. And it's obvious the work that you've done personally to not get caught up in the suck and to have that bounce back. And yeah, it's just super admirable. So thank you for sharing this with the world. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate you. All right, loves, welcome back to the other side. I hope this gave you so much perspective as to how we may subconsciously suppress certain feelings and may not give the space to feel certain feelings in our own lives. And I hope you go ahead and check out Emily Williams. She is Emily Williams on Instagram, and you can go to iheartmylife.com and iheartmylife on everywhere you get your podcasts. And all right, loves, what are we waiting for? If you haven't already pre-ordered the book, go ahead and pre-order the book that people are calling the book that is the book of resilience for 2023 and the book that is going to just change your mind in so many ways. Literary Titan just gave this book four actually five stars. And this is the first review. And the editor of Literary Titan says, I found the book resourceful and gained a lot from the author's lessons on how people can embrace life despite situations, difficult ones, including tragedy. The author brilliantly shares how you can get yourself out of misery and rise again to a satisfying life. While not all the stories are for everyone. The author has a way of conveying a message that will give readers an understanding where she was coming from and concepts that are relatable to a far wider audience who can digest such as privilege versus entitlement. That Sucked, Now What? is an exceptional read. It's a fantastic book that gives readers a sense of empowerment over past traumatic experiences, and how to overcome situations with impressive results. I strongly recommend this book. Well, there you have it. I'm very, very grateful for that review. And thatsucknowwhat.com. Go ahead and pre-order, share it with your friends, and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.